Hello and welcome to The Trials. Today's episode of The Trial is The Trial of Wushu. And we have a guest GM, friend of the show, Andrew, known on Twitter as That One GM. And we have assembled our original cast of internet characters. We have my favorite co-host and yours, the Caleb G. Greetings and salutations, fellow loyal listeners. We have Matt and Dominus Rex parody. I wish that was my actual middle name. Hello, all you out there. I made a joke about that, and I didn't know if you got it or not, because your reaction seemed a little weird. Everything he does seems a little weird. When did you make a joke about that? The other day you said something about swinging for the fences, and I said, well, I could just pretend to climb over it and then hide and then run out the open door. I didn't get that one at all. Wow. Sad. That is sad. I'm pissed at myself. (laughs) And we have returning from the dark recesses of Eastern America, Scott. Howdy, all you kids out there in Radiant Land. (laughs) Very fitting. Anyway, so we will turn things over to our guest GM for the night. Andrew, please take it away and teach us and everyone Wushu. Okay. Wushu is an action game. It's what a lot of people call rules light, um, which means that character creation takes about five minutes and uh, you can run like a full adventure in a few hours. The basic tenet of Wushu is the most important part is whatever the player says happens. The only exception is if the entire group vetoes it because it doesn't fit, like if it doesn't fit the genre or if it is too confusing. But for the most part, whatever the player says happens. The best part of Wushu is that because you have what's called player narrative control, complete narrative control, there's no worrying about, well, I would attack the orc, right? I swing the... I swing my sword and try to attack the orc. You, you say, I pull out my sword, it's you know glinting in the sun, stab it through the orc's neck, pull it out as the orc bleeds and collapses to the ground, and say some witty one-liner that I can't think of right now, then that all happens. That all happens. And then the dice tell you how close to resolving the scene you are. So that is, that is Wushu in a nutshell. And that's, that's why I love it. I've had some really insane, uh, exciting games, and I'm sure we're going to have another one today. Can't promise, but we'll try. We can't promise to try, but we'll try to try. We'll, we'll try to promise. I, I promise to horribly ruin any plans you have and, and make you cry. That is actually the best thing, is that I actually don't have anything prepared right now. I have a big empty sheet with space to write things as you guys generate your characters, as you guys decide what kind of game you want to play, I have space to write things down, but because the mechanics are so simple, I can just wing basically the entire game. And that's actually in the rule book. It says, hey, by the way, you can just wing the whole game if you're really in a rush or you hate preparing. Sounds like my kind of game. It's pretty excellent. So if you guys are ready, we can uh, start talking about what kind of game, yeah, what kind of game we want to play. So this is truly like Open, we could play Space Pirate Ninja Robots, Ghosts, Ghostbusters, Ants, whatever. Yeah, um, anything. I mean, anything, everybody, as long as everybody can agree on something, it doesn't really matter how crazy that something is. Okay, 
Well, since Caleb's not muted, I'll go to you first. Caleb, what kind of game are you thinking of tonight? Oh my god, the pressure. What am I going to say? I don't know. I know Matt's going to say something about dinosaurs. So I'm going to I'm gonna say dinosaurs have to be involved at some point. Could we be some sort of... Like, could, could, could we be living on, like, like the, the Savage Lands? Or, you know, non-trademarked equivalent therein? That would be the X-Men Savage Lands? Kind of, except copyright removed. The, you, the, the Intellectually mutant, distinct. The genetically mutated outcast warrior group in an island that is lost to time land. So, so let me get this straight. Out of out of all possible fictions and narratives, all possible plot lines and scenarios we could play in, you pick one that that is basically just a giant trademark to name. We, I, we can't do any better than that. My first thought is let's play the Flintstones, and Dino goes crazy. Oh, I I kind of like that. So this is what happens what? when I go first, Scott. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> That's, it's a bad idea. Let's admit that. Let's let's move on. Someone else say something. I, I was just gonna default to whatever Michael wanted to play because I feel like Michael deserves this game more than anyone else. So, whatever he wants to play, I'll play. And and I didn't want to suggest any ideas of my own. I more just want to criticize anything that Caleb came up with. So <laughs> that's fair. I <laughs> forgot. You know, that's a great dynamic. I'm glad we have that back at the table. It makes me feel better about myself. All right, I called dibs on uh, pebbles. <laughs> You don't want to play Bam Bam, so you can just say Bam Bam the whole time. <laughs> bam, 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 bam. I mean, you can't fuck up Bam Bam with your accent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. You know, I, I probably look the most like Fred, except for I don't have the five o'clock shadow. Hey, Freddy boy, what are we gonna do? All right, so you're Wilma. I am not being Barney the whole game. I can't keep that up. Okay, so let's let's maybe move away from that because uh, if we're doing any cartoon, we're doing Scooby Doo. Oh, absolutely! <gasps> A mystery, and we could roll for Scooby snacks. <laughs> Jinkies! Run, roll, Reggie! Like Zoink, Scoob! What are we gonna do? <laughs> so we're not actually playing tonight. We're just gonna relive our childhood through all the various cartoons. We're just doing fucking voices for the next two hours. Andrew, maybe maybe you should have picked a campaign for us before we started, because this is way too much power for all these people involved. <laughs> well, Scott, you you are returning. Like the prodigal son has returned. I say we let you choose. What do you want to play? Or at least give us some guidance that we can go Framework. through. Framework. Okay. Foundation. A, a, a foundation. Yeah. All right. We're going to play in a tropical climb. We're going to play in a a land from long ago. We'll bring in dinosaurs, like Matthew presumably would have wanted. And then the the third thing is is that I I think on our world the most precious material that we have and covet in exchange as wealth and currency is is not going to be little scraps of metal from uh, super futuristic robots, nor is it going to be some abstract coinage. But uh, I think it's going to be... An Optanium? Oh, but then uh, how Trans- would anyone have money? Transformium. Oh, uh, another good one. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not looking for a MacGuffin material we're pursuing, but rather a currency that, that is ubiquitous but valued, and, and I, I think it should be blood. Vampires? Ah, uh, we don't have to consume it. We can just bottle it and exchange it as a currency. Come on, you can't have your currency also be your food. That that's 
that's, that's like biofuels. It's, it seems like a good idea, and then all of a sudden when fuel spices spike, the third world can't afford to eat. Like it's, it's... Then we just eat the third world, right? Okay, new plan for the campaign. We're trying to eat our way through the third world. Go. <laughs> so we're the dinosaurs. It's Jurassic World 2. I love this. Let's. Okay. All right. Uh, so wait. I am. Wait, wait, wait. What if we're in tropical climate? There's dinosaurs because we are in this world because the actual world has been overrun by vampires. And we are the human servants of the vampires who are going to the jungle haven to find the cavemen and farm them for blood. We are dinosaur terminators sent back through time to stop John Connor Dinosaur from having sex with the other one. <laughs> Andrew, I hope Hollywood doesn't listen to this, because if so, all these movies are going to get made. This is all your fault, Your Andrew. daddy and who does he do? He must not do your daddy. You must not do Tyranninator? Tyrannosaurinator? Terminator Rex. <laughs> Terminator Rex, there you go. Done. What cave does Silicon T- live in? T Rex eight hundred? That's not bad. Is that a rip on THX? Because you used the wrong number. My, my brain no, Isn't he a T eight hundred? Isn't there yes. a T eight hundred? Yeah, the original Terminator is a T eight hundred. Thank you. Okay, good. Make him sure I'm not crazy. Well, so not to cut down what's already been established, I will tell oh, please you there's do. A, there's please a, do. There's a very easy way to do this, which you guys have already started to hit on. So what what I usually suggest when people get completely lost and off topic is to pick either an action movie or some sort of science fiction adventure, anything that has any kind of movie or book that has a lot of action that everybody's kind of familiar with, and or pick some general fiction genres. So you could pick uh, Lovecraft and the Old West. I mean, that's that, that, that already exists out there. But, I mean, you can sort of, you could pick uh, Wild Wild West, the Will Smith movie, West, and Jim West. the that's Lovecraft. Great. Exactly. And then, you know, everybody is familiar with the kinds of things you expect to see in Lovecraft and the kind of things you expect to see in, like, a Wild Wild West movie. But, but the limiting part there is we have to pick one. Why don't no, we don't. play a team of intertrans dimensional fictional characters who are assembled from each of our individual genres and portaled in to solve some alternative future actually, plausible thing? Actually, that would be fantastic. And I have actually played in that game before. Um, and it would be a very, very similar game in Wushu because the GM did exactly this. He said, all right, guys, what do you want to play? And everybody said, Stones, Terminator, Terminator, Dinosaurs, Ninjas, I want to be a future, I want to be Bender from Futurama. And so we sort of... Shut up, baby, I know it. Uh, no, I, I did like the idea of all being heroes or characters from a different genre slash movie. I think that might be the easiest way to go. If we, if we can't agree on... Well, I don't care. If you guys can't agree on a specific genre to or genres to play in, it might be easier just to have everybody say, well, I'd really like to play a swashbuckling Jedi pirate, and I'd really like to play a TV screen with surrounded by minions of a super criminal or something. So Caleb wants to be the normal human with no powers and a bow. Hey, stop it. Not necessarily. You'll get caught up in the crossfire. <laughs>
<laughs> I'm going to Dairy Queen. Yes. All right. So I'm. Yeah. So we're we're all going to play different. Basically, we're going to intermix the genres. We're all going to be heroes from our own genre. Or uh, Matthew, do you want to be like a anthropomorphic dinosaur, or do you want to be like a dinosaur hunter? Hunter. Why don't we find out what everyone else is going to be, and then I'll either shit the bed or come up with something good. I'm I'm going to be an alternate fiction Annie Oakley from when the Earth was not populated by humans, but rather intelligent swarms of animatronic squirrels. So I'm an intelligent animatronic squirrel swarm who goes by the name of Annie Oakley and has two six-shooters and wears a trench coat and, you know. (laughs) So we're playing Apocalypse World? Or Gamma World. Or Gamma World, whichever one. Thing is, if you're culling from all genres, you can play. You can have a crazy character from Gamma World, and you can have Hawkeye and Green Arrow playing right next to them because the whole point is that you something's culled together from all these different dimensions. I I do think though that 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 has to be the the connective tissue is that we all wear trench coats. <sighs> I love it. So we we can play any genre, anything, but we all have to have a trench coat as part of our, our uniform. I I agree with that. Alrighty. All right. Well, somebody needs to go first. Unless Scott was is playing an intelligent animatronic swarm of squirrels named Annie Oakley that wears a trench coat and carries two six shooters. You act as though that was a non-serious suggestion. I wrote it down. But I, that's true. No, that, that is definitely my character. I mean, everybody else can be trans-dimensional, boring things, but I know what I am. Or I know the collection of beings that forms my own character. So I'm going to play against type, and I'm going to be a wizard who wears a trench coat. <laughs> You're just gonna call you Dresden? Hey, I've never actually read any of those stories. So I did buy the first three just on Caleb's suggestion, but they're still in my Kindle, unopened. If anyone's playing Dresden, I'm gonna play Dresden. Well, do you want to play the wizard in the trench coat? I will happily become a sorcerer in a trench coat. If that helps. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play a a human wizard who goes by the name Larry Whitestone Bronzefield Schmezden. We call you Schmez for short? <laughs> you can call me Schmez for short. He, he is the only wizard of his kind in the human city of New York. So what is interesting about your the world you come from other than there's magic. How about what's interesting about the whole world is that the entire world is damn due to a strange government subsidy system. A private investigators represent the career choice for eighty percent of the population. They spend yes. most of their time investigating one another, and you travel dimensions so you could do something more interesting than investigate other investigators who are investigating you back. That's it. That's it. Everybody's a private investigator. Done. I love it. That's thank, thank you, Scott. This is why we needed you back on the game. All right, Matthew, have you come up with something? I was just looking at pictures of dinosaurs in trench coats, and I couldn't find one, so come back to me. I want, I, I'll figure it out. I am going to be a time cop. I'm actually going to be Van Damme as time cop, but I've gone back in time, and I've had sex with so many people that now potentially anyone could be a relative, which means I can't go back to my own timeline anymore for the chance that I would cause an irreparable rip in the space-time continuum. So I have to be shunted to a side dimension. Okay. Did you just say you were you were shunted into a side dimension? Yeah. Okay, just checking. 
Okay, so you know what? But I'm just gonna be a dinosaur wearing a trench coat. Well, what kind of dinosaur? Oh well, <laughs> obviously, I'm gonna be a genetically modified dinosaur. But what kind of trench coat? Oh, a, a genetically made trench coat for my dinosaur. A genetically modified trench coat. <laughs> made of oh, the other trench coat's dinosaurs. alive. Trench coat's alive. A genetically modified living trench coat. The actually, catch is that he's actually the trench coat. It's 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 a cursed item, and it possesses anyone who wears it. And as a magic item, it automatically fits whoever puts it on, and the dinosaur one day put it on. Exactly. Oh. And it's, un- it's unsure whether the dinosaur is actually speaking or the trench coat. So you're an intelligent, cursed trench coat being worn by an in- a safe, and neither one of them is sure who's in control? Yes. That's excellent. Are you, I assume, a velociraptor then? Yes. Okay. Or more appropriately, a Utah raptor, because I don't want to be that short. Are you Dr. Dinosaur from Atomic Robo? That was what I thought. Am I Dr. Dinosaur from what? Atomic Robo? No, because I haven't read that, but I have heard good things. It's really good. You should read it. A lot of it's also free online. I've heard that as well. Okay, so now we have everybody's concept. That was the hard part, probably. Oh, God, there's more. Okay, so you do actually have to have stats to play Wushu. So you're going to have... Four numbers on your character sheet. The first one's going to be the same for everybody. Everybody has three chi. Chi points, chi tokens. You got three of them. And then the other three numbers are your traits. A trait is what you're going to use to roll against when you are doing anything exciting. Anything worth narrating, you're going to be rolling against uh, that chi number, or that uh, trait number, rather. So your traits are scored 3, 4, and 5. 5 is your best trait, 4 is above average, 3 is slightly above average. But you'll want to assign those three traits, one number each. So what Wushu suggests, and I, I agree, is your character can have, should have three different kinds of traits, so three different like, categories of what kind of trait. Suggest one motivation trait, so why does your character fight? Uh, what do you care about? Why, why are you an interesting character? Beyond just your cursed trench coat being worn by a sapient dinosaur time cop with too many relatives who are all animatronic squirrel swarms who are also all private investigators. So you need some sort of motivation beyond that. Your second trait should be some sort of action trait. So anything you're going to use when you're in a fight or in an action scene or, you know, jumping from rooftop to rooftop or, you know, navigating a trench on a giant space station, whatever kind of exciting things your character does. And then your third trait should be some sort of profession, you know, as specific or general as you want. You could say millionaire or charming rogue or down-on-his-luck plumber. It's kind of like, I've never played Fate, but I imagine it's kind of like Fate in that you can be as descriptive in your trait as you want. You just reflects how you're going to use it when you're actually playing. Okay, so to summarize that, we need to define three traits about our character. Yes. It is a best practice to have some sort of descriptor that defines our motivation, some sort of descriptor that defines our action, and some sort of descriptor that defines our profession. These can be a few words, or these can be a sentence like an aspect in fate or anywhere in between. 
But the question is, can all three of them be the word kick-ass? Uh, they could be, but you won't have nearly as much fun. It's a lot. That would be a lot less exciting than it sounds in theory. I am Groot. That would be a fantastic one for um, pretty much any three, actually. I am Groot would fit pretty much any of those categories as an example. So what is my motivation? It doesn't have to be super deep. You can Your motivation can be, I want revenge, or they pay me the money, or I just like killing people. Just try to make sure your motivation isn't exactly the same as the guy next to you. Are these secretive, or we share these openly with each other? Um, it's probably easier to share it openly, because this is you're going to be using this when you're taking actions. You're going to say, I'm rolling against my... I like killing everything trait because I just like killing everything. And this is going to be a killing scene. Um, a trait could be a piece of equipment if it was uh, interesting and applicable. So if you were a Jedi or something, or a piece of equipment, might, you, one of your traits might be, I carry a lightsaber. Or if this was an old West, it might be, you know, my horse named Friday. But anything, anything interesting that you could foresee using. You can make oh, it. let's go back and do Dragonet in the wild West. <laughs> You're going to have Pep Streebeck and Joe Friday by the book. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so I started writing some stuff down, and I just want to know how stupid it is So before I finish it. So for five, I wrote the three words, I am Hunter. How does that sound? That sounds excellent for a uh, raptor. That's yeah. fantastic. So okay. that so also works for the trench coat, I guess. But yeah, that's a, that's a good trait. For the three, I wrote down Cursed Coat. Also Does good, because you can use that. So what would you suggest for the four as like so, a middle ground rounding me out type of thing? I would look for maybe something for a utility or a social interaction. That's the way that I used to do it. I would make sure I had a combat trait, a utility trait, and a social trait. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you could you can really swing Hunter and Trenchcoat to be social if you really wanted to. But what's the other thing you've got? Sapient, Raptor, Trench Coat. You could incorporate some backstory as a trait, if you had something interesting, or you could have the trait reflect the fact that you all, you know, fallen into the, you know, uh, been cajoled into this multidimensional group. So something like, you know, No Place Like Home would reflect, could be used, or like Dimensional Tourist might be interesting. You're always, you know, you could use that to, I don't know, any kind of exciting thing. You could just give yourself a new power. Now you're. All right, you uh, you broke up there for a second, Andrew. I didn't catch any of whatever you just said. The last thing I said was that Matthew's third trait could be that he he could just add a new power or a new piece of identity with his third trait if he's having trouble coming up with another one that fits his character. So he could make his character psychic, or he could make his character, um, you know, a, a ladies' man or a, some sort of charming raptor. Maybe maybe it's a raptor that. Uh, Really interested in talking to all kinds of people. A little Jack Harkness from Doctor Who. This hits on everybody. All right, so I'm not sure if I'm doing this correctly either, so I'll share what I came up with, and you can let me know if I'm way off base. Uh, so my motivation is to be the best damn time cop ever. My action is spinning split kick, because I'm Van Damme, and uh, my profession is actor. The only suggestion I would make for that is to change your spinning split kick to, to something more generic. So something like, you know, uh, movie stunt. TV martial arts. Perfect. TV martial arts. Because you want to be able to use that stunt to describe a bunch of different things. So, and your third one was actor? Yes. 
So my profession is actor. That is also a very good one. So, Matthew, what did you go with for your third uh, trait? I think I went for pack beta because that's kind of social. I don't, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a leader, but I'm a. But I'm a strong follower, because you know I'm a sentient raptor wearing a coat. I don't want to really be calling the shots, because then the kids are gonna pull my mask off. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, uh, Caleb or Scott, do, do either of you guys want to go ahead and uh, go next and tell us all about your character traits? Well, uh, please provide me any feedback if if this may be uh, a little slanty. But for career, uh, Annie Oakley was a hunter trapper. Uh, for my action, I have Swarm with an exclamation point, because everything's better with an exclamation point. True. And Motivation, I'm in debt to the Dark Lord. I owe him my half of the electric bill last month. <laughs> um, those are actually all really good. I definitely think that uh, there's a lot of room to have some interesting actions, uh, especially with Swarm and in debt to the Dark Lord. I think there's a lot you could build on there. Plus, you're all world-building. Everything you tell me is, like, building this world up, and we know a little more about it. Fantastic. So, Caleb, if you're ready, what... uh... Okay, so for motivation, I have I want to find who killed my parents. For an action, I have I've got magic powers, and I'm not afraid to use them. And for profession, I have wizard private eye with a crazy destiny. That is wizard PI with a crazy destiny. That's excellent. Yeah, those are all really good, guys. And feel free to, you know, clarify if it helps you as you go along. If you realize that, well, that's kind of generic. Like, maybe if I clarify a little more, feel free to, you know, add more detail to your trait. But I don't think you'll probably need to. So now, I think all we need is everybody's characters' names. Is that correct? Well, I already have my name. I'm Larry Whitestone Bronzeville. Well, yes, everybody. Have, and Annie Oakley, obviously. Uh-huh. Muslim. And uh, Michael's character is just called Time Cop, or what is? I don't. I've not seen Time Cop, so I'm not sure what Van Dam's character's name is. I'm uh, Dan Van. Oh, Dan Van. Yeah. Okay. Van Darn. What about Van Darn? <laughs> I like that better. Van Darn. Darn. <laughs> I'm the PG-13 version. You, when you get punched, you don't actually bleed. You just hold your face. <laughs> I came here to do two things. Chew bubblegum and kick Keister. And I'm all out of sugar-free bubblegum. Brought to you by Bazooka Joe. Don't do drugs, kids. All right, so Matt, I think we're just waiting on uh, I'm sorry, Matthew's uh, character name. What did you name your... I'm Red, I'm Red Six. <laughs> Is that the number six or the word six? Oh, the number six. Number six. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Rex is just sitting there on a shelf. I'm sure it's it's not just the number six. It's the Roman numeral six, right? Oh, oh Scott, of course. Well, here's the thing, though. He can't really count, so he just holds up his three claws. Yeah. Any chance? I'm red. This many. Makes himself bleed, points at the red, and then holds up the claws. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so... We've got Van Darn, the time cop, Red Six, the sentient Utah raptor wearing a cursed, also sentient trench coat, Annie Oakley, the swarm of intelligent animatronic squirrels, and Larry Whitestone Bronzefield Schmesden, the trench coat, uh, well, everybody's wearing a trench coat, the, uh, the wizard 
private investigator from the world of private investigators. Well, that's fantastic. And you've all been summoned by uh, known reality TV star Professor Rex, who is a psychic Tyrannosaurus Rex cyborg uh, who has his own cooking channel. It's very popular. Uh, you probably have heard of it. I was actually on there as a guest not too long ago. Uh, he does he does like guest stars, bringing people on. And uh, there's a little game. And if you win, you don't get eaten. And if you lose, you are the secret ingredient for that episode. Clearly I won. Obviously. So have you guys worked together before, or is this your first time being forced, forcefully summoned by Professor Rex? I'm going to say that we met at a cocktail mixer a few months ago, and we all had a great game of poker, but we never worked together. All right, so uh, you appear in the green room of Professor Rex's uh, recording studio, of his uh, studio set, and, you know, there's uh, there's snacks, there's, you know, there's drinks, there's uh, a couple of other really minor celebrities reading old magazines sitting in the, uh, in the other seats, and, uh, and you guys just appear here sort of all together, and you also recognize each other, so you can sort of introduce yourselves and figure out what's going on. Is there like a, a fireplace mantle in this room? There sure is. It's a huge, uh, a huge one. All right, I will make my way toward it, and then I'll take my left leg and set up on the mantle, so I'm doing the full like splits and just kind of stretch a little bit and flex against the fire, and I'll just look around to make sure that other people notice this. And then I'll just kind of nod, because they know. And it should be noted that under his trench coat, Van Darn is shirtless and oiled. Well, I'm not shirtless. I just have like that super cut up. It's like a muscle shirt, but it's cut super low and then kind of super high on the side. So I'm basically wearing like a string bikini sort of thing. Excellent. I'm uh, I'm nosing around all the uh, paper goods and uh, licking them ever so gently for, uh, you know, little little bits of smell and maybe maybe there's a crumb or something. Uh, the paper goods are delicious and um, they're made from ancient uh, deciduous trees from uh, from your home time. So they're very, they remind you of home wow. in the best well, way then, possible. Then that's why I can't get my nose out of them. That explains a lot. When Larry pops into the room, he's going to stretch. Uh, he'll check his pockets and on his trench coat because of course, his trench coat is full of magical gear and bits and baubles and accessories. Uh, once he knows everything is there, he'll go straight to the snacks table and he'll grab a couple sandwiches and some chips and some brownies. And I will very loudly complain, hey, why is there any fast food in here? I, I would really love some Burger Queen. Damn it. Oh, hey, fellas. What's the haps? Caleb, is it bad that I'm imagining your character looking like Kramer with the trench coat filled with magic doodads? Oh, he comes in the room just like that. <laughs> he just pops in the room, materializes like Kramer out of the door. <laughs> Jerry! He, I'm going to call all of you Jerry. <laughs> hey, Jerry! My sister name is not Jerry. We are Annie Oakley. <laughs> What the fuck was that? 
what are you asking about? This is the regular voice with which we talk. From our world, this is a regular voice. <laughs> the uh, the other two minor celebrities in the room uh, look up as Annie Oakley enters, and they they put down their magazines, and the the lady celebrity uh, pulls out a bag of peanuts and just peels it open a little bit to see if it gets Annie's attention. It uh, it very much does. Uh, all all of the, the the collective swarm intelligence of of Annie is extremely focused on the 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 bag of delicious seeming nuts. Do you have any despair? We could desperately use some nuts. <laughs> she she spreads the the peanuts along the ground in front of her and beckons you forward with her with her arm. I I um. Barely remember to to keep my mostly humanoid form as I slug up to the nuts and step over them, and the nuts are handed up from animatronic squirrel to squirrel until they reach what the squirrel that represents my mouth, and then are passed to inside squirrels and funneled back down. Mm, these are delightful. We appreciate them. Thanks. She says, "You're so welcome." My father was a squirrel, so I I know what it's like. Compassion is in short supply these days. We greatly appreciate your humility. It's so true. You're so welcome. She she goes back to reading her magazine in a very demure way. The other celebrity who looked up is very definitely Dennis Rodman-ish, but uh, there's something distinctly off, and you can't quite put your fingers on it. But he, he looks around at all four of you and then returns to his, his magazine. Uh, Larry is going to become very suspicious of this character uh, because as a wizard private investigator, I jump to conclusions very quickly. And I am confident that he is up to no good. Can I make some sort of role to see what he's doing and uh, investigate him? Uh, So you can. When you are making a role in Wushu that is unopposed, that's not a, a scene role, it's called a scab role, and all you do is declare what trait you're going to use and roll that many dice of that trait, and anything higher than a, oh, and it's a, it's a flat scale of success. So one is a total failure, two is a minor failure, three is almost a success, four is barely a success, Five is an excellent success, and six is a a critical success. Okay, so I am going to roll using my wizard private eye with a crazy destiny. That sounds perfect. What's that trait number, if you don't mind mine? That is a trait number of four, so I'm going to roll 4d6. Yes. All right, I have, Jesus Christ, I have two fives and two sixes. Uh, That is fantastic. So you just take the highest die for a scab roll, and that's how you throw it out. So that is a critical success. And of course, Huzzah! of course, this Dennis, Rod, Dennis Rodmanish character is up to no good. And he is uh, not Dennis Rodman, first of all. Let's make that very clear. Dennis Rodman is a wonderful human being, and he would never appear in this game uh, without his permission. Uh, Dennis Rodman, this Dennis Rodmanish character, is definitely a demon in disguise. And not just any demon, he is a punctuality demon. 
But whenever anybody is late for anything, whenever anybody can't find their keys at the last second or the kids, you know, have to go to the bathroom with them just as you're walking out the door, uh, that's him. I hate that guy. All right. I am going to, once I have ascertained this, uh, I'm going to go over to Van Darn. And knowing that he is both a police officer and someone with amazing kung fu skills, I'm going to walk up to the fireplace, very casually say, Hey there, Van Darn. Those hammies are looking real good, buddy. And then lean in to whisper, uh, Yeah, that guy over there is a demon. He's, he's probably up to no good. You mean Dennis Rodman? Allegedly, yeah. yeah. He was in a movie with me. He's kind of an asshole. Well, it's not really him, though, because that's totally uh, a demon. And the only reason a demon would be here is if he's doing something bad, right? No, literally, Dennis Rodman is a demon. But no, that's a demon over there. So is that Dennis Rodman? No, it's not. It's just a demon. But it's not Dennis Rodman. No. He just looks like Dennis Rodman. I'm confused. Me too. Either way, he's a demon. The minor female celebrity who looks a little familiar, but nobody can quite place, looks around at the sound of talking. She can't make out what you said, but she knows people are talking. And she puts her magazine down and says, well, I just can't believe that Professor Rex isn't here yet. I was expecting him nearly an hour ago, and hes he, it's not like him to be late. Just wish I knew what was wrong. It's almost as if a punctuality demon was involved. <laughs> I, will, I will take this opportunity standing in front of the fireplace to very dramatically spin and point my finger in accusation. It's him! It's all him! Ah, gasp and guffaw! And the Dennis Rodman thing puts down his magazine very slowly and stands up and looks at you all in the eye, one by one, including Annie Oakley, who he looks in the eye dozens and dozens of times, switching from squirrel to squirrel. You're responsible for the leap second I incurred last week, aren't you? It was you! It was me. It was always me. I'm responsible for any time anybody's late to anything, and Professor Rex will never get here. Ha ha ha! This is terrible! We have a schedule to keep! I have to pick up the kids after this appointment! You'll never get to your kids. Class is running late and your car's nearly out of gas. I really hate this guy. Foul demon! I am Larry Schmesden, and I as a wizard stand in between mortals and fiends like you. I challenge you to a battle and I will strike you down! You may strike me down, but can you strike down the whole Chicago Bulls 1995 lineup? In a burst burst of fire, four more demons appear, all in the shape of basketball players from the 1995 Chicago Bulls starting lineup. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out the RPGAcademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. 
We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the drive-thru RPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at the RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.